0: chase thomas podcast. the chase thomas podcast um, my nephew needs
1: me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right hello and welcome back to a- another episode of the chase thomas podcast where i'm still the aforementioned chase thomas coming to you live from knoxville tennessee up there in new york city no it's not john taylor at fangraphs.com no it's old friend nick Stellini of uh, wow, I just uh, I just try to combine CBS Sports and Sportsline. CBS Sports and Sportsline editor, one of my favorite MLB writers, editors, podcasters. This, that, and the other. Yankees fan, Nick Stellini. Nick, good evening, sir. How are you?
0: I'm great, Chase. Well, good to be back.
1: Are you already diving in? Like how much? Like how much stock are you? Are like how much content are you consuming? Are you on the Bob Nightingale photo watch on Twitter.com? are you just really going all out when it comes to spring training like are you just anthony volpe just refresh 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 for you like or do you give it time you're like all right let's just wait until the actual games i can't do this yet
0: so it, it's it's a complicated thing so um i i am definitely enjoying the blurry photos of guys in shorts that is a yearly <laughs> mm-hmm. tradition um you know the, the it's not just that though like the really the, the really good stuff for me is the um the pop of the mitt, like when you finally Mm. get like videos of like guys throwing bullpens and stuff and Mm. you hear like the ball popping and like that, that's the really good stuff there for the real sickos like us, that that's what gets us off. Um, (laughs) I'm not like constantly refreshing or I mean, I like I have tweet deck open all day while I'm working Mm. because I'm, I'm in sports media. So like, it's kind of like
1: until they take it away from us.
0: Right. Like you sign like a contract in blood when you work (laughs) in sports media, like you have to have tweet deck open all day. Right. Um, So I'm one of those guys. Um, So like I'll get like a steady drip. Um, Mm. of, like, you know, that and, you know, guys swinging in the cage and Mm -hmm. simulated games and, like, Garrett Cole diving face first into the grass during PFPs. Like, that's the good stuff. I'm Mm. also enjoying this, like, trend that, like, baseball is finally picking up that, like, um... I know they were doing it in, like, NFL training camp this Mm -hmm. past summer where, like, the social media manager was standing there with a tiny microphone and had, like, a prompt on, like, a whiteboard or something. Mm -hmm. And, like, they're asking you to, like – like, the Yankees did, like, who's your Mario Kart character? Um, Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. i am enjoying that kind of content finally coming to baseball. It's good stuff. Um, I haven't been, like – inundating myself with like you know here's who looked good who had a good fastball today or here's who has like mm. like i picked up a couple things like who has a couple new pitches. like you know like clark schmidt's got a new pitch um there's a couple dudes that like i saw a tweet about some mariners picture that like apparently they were getting like constant calls on i mm. never heard of before but i looked him up and he's interesting that kind of stuff like what i'm not like you know working for a living like which i have to do unfortunately um when i'm not like editing stuff i'll like pop mm. over on twitter and like get that but like i'm not as like knee deep in it as i have been years past and that's probably for the best because mm. much like the guys who are actually down in spring training um after about like a couple of weeks it really loses its novelty you're like all right just get this crap out of the way give me the good the good stuff I, I need the good stuff now. like like supposedly there's games happening on friday and that's cool that's great i will be watching that because i am a deeply disturbed individual um but th- even that at some point Will just become drudgery and awful, and we're waiting for opening day. Now that being said, the fact that the WBC is happening this year will make mm. it so much better because the World Baseball Classic for is like for me one of the greatest sporting events in the world. It is so much fun. Yeah. Like we like it's one of the Americans like few chances to like outside of the playoffs to like experience baseball that is actually designed to be fun. And mm. I say this as a baseball fan, as a baseball sicko. Um, when you get to experience how the rest of the world like enjoys baseball, not just in like a playoff, you know, competition setting like the BBC, mm-hmm. but like when you like, like if you ever watch the Caribbean series, mm-hmm. um, so the Caribbean Series, for those of you who are for the uninitiated, which happens every year, it's not like WBC. Mm. It's basically um, winter ball's version of the Champions League, where the winners of each individual like winter ball league in, in like the, the, in the Caribbean and South America. So like the winners of like the Dominican League and the Cuban League and the Venezuelan, League, they basically all go into like this Champions League and play. Hmm. And it happened like it. ESPN Deportes shows it. Um, you can stream it on ESPN Plus if you've got it. Um, and it's really great because it's very fun and, like, the guys, like, like, you see, like, the guys, like, the players in the field, like, having fun and being demonstrative, which is, like, very slowly starting to happen in, like, Major League Baseball, but, like, mm-hmm. for a long time it was very much a taboo thing. But, like, also, like, the fans in the stands. Like, there's, like, bands, but there's, like, guys with trumpets and drums and stuff. Um, Asian baseball is like that, too. Like, if you ever watch Japanese baseball, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. If you watch Korean baseball, it's nuts. They're having a party in the stands. Mm-hmm. And, like, the WBC is very much like that. And I, I got it real kick out of it when i watched it back when it was last played in 2017 it was supposed to be played a couple years ago because of covid and now it's finally coming back um and i'm so excited for that so that'll make the drudgery of spring training not as bad um but yes i I am deeply invested in like who grew a mustache this year who dyed their hair all that stuff I'm, I'm, i'm i'm i love it
1: is there anyone in particular who's changed their look drastically
0: um, well, there's the requisite, you know, guys who've had to shave because they're now Yankees. And then there right. are guys who are now sporting beards and mustaches and who are no longer Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for th- for instance, today, I was very surprised to see that Chad Green, who is now a member of the Toronto Blue Jays, is not sporting facial hair. Mm. Um, because it's almost like clockwork when guys leave the Yankees. They're like, I can wear a beard now. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, by the way, as a Yankees fan, the beard rule sucks. Get rid of it. It's terrible. It's, it's the worst thing in the world. You need, like like a Rolodex to, like, tail, tell the various relievers apart when you, like, don't know them, you don't watch a team every day. You're like, wait, which generic white guy is that? <laughs> um, like, it's it, it's it's awful. I hate yeah. it. Um, I feel like, like Jabba let them exp-
1: did a big beard right after he left, right? I feel like Jabba did. Yeah, no, did they, they all did.
0: Like, he looked he yeah. like the, the big, like, mountain man. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of guys do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, Carlos Rodon looks really good with, like, his, like, cheesy 70s cop mustache. Okay. Um... But like he used to do that and like have the stubble going on, it was a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so be it.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but yeah, like so. I mean, like I know I know the um, like a bunch of the Puerto Rican guys who are going to the ABC for Team Puerto Rico. They're doing like the bleach blonde hair again. They yeah. all showed up with like bleach blonde hair. It's, it's really like Javi Baez and some other guys are doing that. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. Um, also, like you know, like the yearly uh, best shape of his life kind of thing. That is um, yeah. like Seiya Suzuki showed up to Cubs camp looking like the goddamn Terminator, like, he's just jacked as hell now. It's great.
1: Yeah, a lot of a lot of Cubs optimism um, coming out of camp. And just, like, their offseason, they took Dansby away from Atlanta, and we'll see how Von Grissom does at, uh, at short, because Elvis Andrews, who I thought was just – I was convinced I, – I said all offseason. I was like, I, I think Alex, um, Alex Anthopoulos was going to sign – he was just going to wait it out and sign Elvis Andrews Just at least, like, he's still going to try Von Grissom, but you still bring in Elvis Andrews just in case. But uh, elected not to do it. They're going all out. Ron Washington uh, spent the whole offseason with uh, Von Grissom, and we'll see what he looks like at short. But there's one thing I've learned in the last five years uh, with Alex Anthopoulos and with just the Braves' development. It's that I'm not going to bet against them uh, when they think they have it right with a young prospect, especially uh, in the lineup. Outside of the Christian Paches of the world, um, I'm going to err on the side of alex and ron washington and also just ron washington i'm never going to doubt the man's a magician and player developer no, he,
0: he really is he really is and even with the christian paches of the world like they wind up yeah. trading those guys for yes some more magic beans that they turn out the best better stuff um no i i, I do like von Grissom, i think I we're out though the, by
1: the way of the a's i think we've only we've done all we've pillaged the a's to well, the, the point there's where there's only the a's so have like much more you can them.
0: extract there like <laughs> once they trade lauriano at the, at the deadline like uh, that's it there's nothing left. Um, they are
1: bare no, parts. It's,
0: it, it's it's sad. it's really sad. Yeah. um, John Fisher should be tried to The Hague for his crimes. um <laughs> it's I, like folks, we're not I just go
1: check out what they're paying just in contracts this year alone. Just look do, do at you what want they're me to read
0: the, the do you want me to read off the Fangraph's projected opening day uh, lineup
1: for the Oakland As? And, and Absolutely. let's yeah, do this.
0: So I'm gonna read I'm gonna read this lineup and I want you to tell me how many of these guys you've heard of before, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, leading off, Do you want me to tell base, you at the Tony end or Kemp?
1: just each time?
0: Um, tell me at the end. Okay. So leading off second base, Tony Kemp. Right mm-hmm. field, Ramon Laureano. First base, Seth Brown. D.H. Jesus Aguilar. Third base, Jace Peterson. Catcher, Shea Langeliers, Left field, JJ Bode, Shortstop, Nick Allen. Center field, Estuary Ruiz.
1: Left field, center field, and shortstop. I have no idea mm-hmm. who that is. Thankfully, okay. there were some Braves so, in there. So Langoliers, I'm very familiar
0: Langoliers, um, you know, because he was Tony part Kemp of the, the has heist. been
1: batting 245 for ten years in this league. Um, I think he's a Vandy guy yes. originally, um, but uh, yeah, there's there's a couple. So you uh, said Ariana, le- obviously. left field. When yeah. you say
0: the three guys you don't know, who, who are they?
1: Uh, center field and I guess left field. Right? Yeah.
0: Uh, so center field, Estrella Ruiz was. Yeah. Um, Is he the one in the deal? Got?
1: The yes. Dodgers deal. So he's okay.
0: got, He's no, no. He's the one they got in the uh, the three way trade um, with. The Brewers. He came from Milwaukee. Did he come from yes, Milwaukee? Yes, it was, it, was it was a three-way trade with the Brewers and the Blue Jays. Okay. That's how the Blue Jays got Sean Murphy. Uh-huh. Um, and then no, the Braves Louis... have Sean Murphy. Oh, that's right. Okay, so the Braves have Sean yes. Murphy. That's right. Yes. Um. Wow. Wow. Okay. There um, we- <laughs> so so there it is. Um. Mm-hmm. So that was part of the Murphy trade. He was mm. like the big... The quote-unquote big piece coming back of the trade, every yeah. prospect evaluator I know will tell you that that was a terrible choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruiz is mega overhyped, and even like within the industry, is like, what the hell are they doing? Mm-hmm. Um, J.J. Bleday, you should know because he's a former Miami Marlins, former top draft pick of the Miami Marlins. Okay. Got a cup of coffee last year. And then shortstop Nick Allen um, yeah. was their third-round draft pick a few years ago. Um, at one point, was a somewhat high prospect. Has the glove? Um, the bat is. We'll see. Um, Sounds
1: like uh, Jack Wilson to me.
0: If he's Jack Wilson, you'll take that. Yeah. We don't know if he's Jack Wilson.
1: Speaking um, of, do you know Jack Wilson's son's really good? He's going to be in the top ten in the draft this year, playing at Grand is Canyon. He really? Yes, he's one of the best players coming in the draft, and he's got like swag. He's got style. The Vols played Grand Canyon this weekend in the Arizona Classic. On Saturday yes. night, I watched him. That dude is just like, he's having fun, but he's just impossible to get out. But a good team dude. And the manager, guess what? It's Jack Wilson. Jack Wilson's just managing Grand Canyon. Uh, Chip Hale's All managing right. Arizona. Like, a lot of really? remember these guys. Really? Chip yeah. Hale?
0: Oh, my God. Yes.
1: It's just a um, lot of remember am, these guys. I am
0: not nearly as much of a college baseball guy as I should be or would like to yeah. be. Um, I got to steal some of Michael Babbin's like, mm-hmm. evil juju and, like, put it in my brain and, like... I'm He's fantastic. His up,
1: series I, this week at Fangraphs was just top-notch. I, I got to read the LSU thing. I got yeah, to do do. Uh,
0: but no, like, like I I've, in years past, I've been pretty good about knowing the upcoming draft class fairly well. Mm. I know nothing this year. I got to study a bit. Um, but yeah, there's there's some interesting stuff out there. Um, we had to supposedly do a show.
1: We are going to supposedly do a show on this very program. But we have to start, whenever you have an opportunity to, like, run through just the embarrassment that is the Oakland Athletics in 2023. Um, yes. Yes. That's what we have to do. We have to publicly shame them because it is an absolute joke. No, as as they should. What they're doing. Uh, Well, don't forget, folks, each and every day, new episode here on this very program, Nick Stellini. You can find him on Twitter at Stellini Tweets. Uh, All kinds of great MLB coverage uh, from him. And then you can check out uh, all of his work and all the great work going on over at TBS Sports and Sportsline. So check that out as well. Uh, You can watch us uh, if you prefer to watch this very program. Yeah, we're on YouTube, TikTok, everything. Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find us there make sure you like and subscribe if you're watching this on youtube right now um also email us with any mlb questions week to week, to week here on the program Podcast at gmail.com and as always leave us a five-star rating and review on a podcast or spotify if that is how you were very much listening to this program uh nick let's start we have to start with jason hayward no it's not 2009 okay. it's not 2005 but something john taylor and i have been talking about the last few weeks with the dodgers they've had a really interesting offseason right like it's it's weird you don't doubt the dodgers like they have the they have andrew friedman they have this just (laughs) they have so much superstar power at the top of this lineup but then they're doing some weird stuff it's like you don't doubt them i mean the results speak for themselves they spend they're trying they're doing this that and the other however Gavin Lux at short. You're like, are they really going to go Gavin Lux at short? Is that really what they're going to try and do here? And then they waited out and signed Peralta. And you're like, okay, they got a platoon guy. But then you're like, okay, they're really betting a lot on uh, Thompson and center, maybe left. We'll see what they do with Chris Taylor. Is this really the outfield next to Mookie Betts in right field? And you're like, I don't know they're kind of shaky like if the nl west was a little bit more competitive and carlos correa ended up a giant and they had a better offseason than they ended up having i think there might be a little bit more concern but when you look over at the nl east with the mets the braves and the phillies phillies just going to the world series you're looking and you're like i don't know i don't feel like the dodgers are as scary as they've been in years past i think they're the most vulnerable they've been in a long time but then you see things like jason hayward is turning heads with at Dodgers camp with a new approach to the plate Nick I ask you did the Dodgers secretly need a lot from Jason Hayward in 2023
0: um I don't think they need a lot um mm-hmm. and I'm I'm like wanting to like slightly pump the brakes a bit on like the like post 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 hype Jason Hayward mm-hmm. like breakout um like the Dodgers. If you're going to go to a team that's going to like quote unquote fix you, because mm. um, Hayward, I mean, he's an older guy. I mean, but also like clearly, I don't think the athleticism is totally gone from him. Mm. Um, so if you're going to go to a team that is going to maximize what is left of you and you know fix your swing quote unquote or fix your approach, um, the mm. Dodgers would be pretty high on that list. There, they are player dev savants. Um, whether that's, you know, prospects and drafting and acquiring and talent identification or, you know, doing like the Max muncie stuff. Yeah. Um
1: I think they deserve credit. I hate when people do that with no, the Dodgers, do. the Astros or the Bra- like no, they deserve credit. Like even the Yankees, like outside of pitching. No, yeah, ab- absolutely. Did, yeah.
0: They're doing something right, uh, clearly. No, no, no. It's not it's not just money. I mean, the money helps, yeah. but the money you can also spend money on player development staff mm-hmm. and analysts and and you know you know biometric tracking and all 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 that stuff you can pour that you don't have to just pour your your money into player contracts right um the dodgers have proven themselves quite good at that that being said it's still jason hayward so Mm. i'm not willing to believe that like oh oh my god jason hayward's (laughs) gonna be a 3 war player this year they fixed him i mean Mm. If you can get Jason Hayward to be like a ninety-eight or eighty-five WRC plus bat with plus defense in a corner, um, you'll take that. That's a good bench player. Um like Hayward's main problem since ever since like his first year in a Cubs uniform was that every time he swings the bat, he's rolling over to second base. Mm. Um like clock like two second base. Um, if they can just get him to like not do that, and maybe he's not gonna like tear the cover off the ball, um, but if you can, like, get him to, like, hit a little bit, then that's a good defensive outfield you have on your bench. Um, I don't think they need Jason Hayward to be the answer, though. Um, they still have Chris Taylor. As you said, I don't know how much I believe in, like, Trace Thompson keeping this up. But, like, again, Trace Thompson was, like, in the Mexican League after, like, coming up with the White Sox a few years ago and, like, doing, like, three weeks of good baseball. And then, like, Trace Thompson was starting in the playoffs. That's mm-hmm. another guy they just, like, sprinkled some fairy dust on, and he's better now. <laughs> um so maybe they could do the, the Trace Thompson stuff with Jason Hayward. But I don't know how much they'll keep that up, but if they can, great. Um, like you said, they brought in Peralta. I feel like Dodger Stadium's is a bit big of an outfield for him, but also mm-hmm. the National League has a DH now. And, yeah, J.D. Martinez is also a Dodger now, so there's going to be some give and take there. There's like It's kind of like the Yankees where like, there's a lot of guys like vying for DH at-bats, yeah. and there's only so many times you can spot a guy there. Um, but also, this is also going to be um, – for the Dodgers, a bit of a transitional year where you're going to start seeing like back when like um, Jock Peterson and Corey Seager and all those kids like came up, kind of thing, you're going to start seeing that again this year. Mm. Um, Miguel Vargas, I think is probably going to have a job out of spring training as either the second or third baseman. Mm. Um, one of their big, big prospects. He got a cup of coffee last year. They're expecting a lot of big things from him. Also, in the outfield, they have Andy Pages, who a little bit of a, you know, uneven season last year in the minors but i think 80 pages you'll probably see him at some point maybe you know second half of 2023 you'll see him or maybe Mm. like june i I, i'm not a prospect eval guy this is just like based on reports i've read um also uh james outman or is it josh Outman or james outman um james outman um i know a lot of people who have big james outman guys um i think he also got a cup of coffee last year at one point um he might actually get uh if hayward falters out of spring training or if someone like thompson or taylor or whatever, gets hurt certain spring training you might see james out make the team mm. um i know people who think that he can be a good above average um outfielder in the major leagues um so they still they do have some some outfield depth in the system they also have some guys like bradley zimmer and stephen duggar in camp on non-roster invites um Maybe a guy like Dugger or Zimmer goes AAA and hangs out there, and they bring him up, whatever. Or maybe they make the team. Um, there's definitely options in camp in the outfield, and I still think Chris Taylor has some has some G's left in him. Mookie's Mookie is Mookie's Mookie is like one of the ten best athletes in the world. Um, they're going to be okay in the outfield, I think. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a trade mid season to bring mm. in someone. Um, but for the first, they have few the prospect capital. Season, I, no, they they really do. I think they'll be fine. I I, I think that they've got what they need. Um, maybe it'll be a bit rough going at first as guys like Vargas and potentially Atman um, settle into everyday roles in the major leagues. But I do think that you know this is still the Dodgers. They're going to be okay. They've got the pitching. Um, they still got Mookie Betts. They still have Freddie Freeman. They still have Will Smith. Um, JD Martinez, I think, will be rejuvenated to be out of Boston. I think, frankly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I think that this is going to be a good team. I know some Dodgers fans who are pissed that they didn't wind up with one of the big shortstops, um, but David Lux was a all-world prospect not too long ago for a reason, and had a pretty decent season last year, from what I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he, he hit two seventy six, three forty six. The power wasn't quite there at three ninety nine slugging, but it's still a one thirteen WRC plus, and it was also you know he's. He's still young. He's gonna he's right. gonna get better, um, and even if it's still a hit over power profile, who gives you decent enough defense in the middle infield? That's still a valuable player, um, especially when again you're not relying on your shortstop position to produce a ton of offense. When you have Betts and Freeman and Smith and Martinez in the fold, um, you're gonna be okay. It's not sexy. It's not Carlos Correa. It's not Trey Turner. But you can get you can get it done, um, and because of that um competence in the infield and again the big pieces like Betts and freeman you don't need all three of your outfield spots to be like all-stars we're used to that with the dodgers um yeah. but that you can still win games this way um and i think they should they're they're going to win the nl west
1: who's not going to win the al west is a team out there in los angeles uh, Nick, I don't think uh, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim are going to do it. Although, the early Zips, I think it was Dan Sembroski. Like, Zips kind of likes them uh, going into this year. And we've already seen the – and look, you look – I think we all hope as baseball fans, like even if we're not Angels fans, because they've just had a weird offseason off because Artie Moreno just like decided not to sell the Angels. Uh, and that was like yeah. something you were just expecting to happen. And they don't. And you're like, OK, well, what's like you just don't really know how to forecast the the Angels. And they're just kind of they're bled. They're just in a, the way they built their team, the way they've just operated over the last decade is just rare across the sport no one else does this where they just sign the pretty flashy thing or trade for the pretty pl- flashy thing and then don't do anything else and it kind of speaks to what you were talking about at the top of the dodgers where it's like it's one thing to spend but if you don't have the player development guys you don't have the just that element in place it doesn't matter when you spin big on mike trout or shohei otani or anthony rendon or whoever because you still haven't developed anybody else coming up through your system. Like there's just, there's clearly a system problem in Los Angeles, and that has been the case for 10 years. Plus, like really just going back, the majority of the Artie Moreno uh, tenure as owner. But then you're like, so what are they doing? Like, because the Mariners, I think we both agree are gonna be pretty good again. The Astros, I think go into the 2023 season as the favorites to win the AL altogether. I think they got better uh, this offseason, which is kind of scary. And then you're like, the Rangers, I think right now I would still bet on them. Like, I'm still pretty nervous about Jacob deGrom and his burger being his favorite meal and no childhood superheroes <laughs> stuff is really concerning. But, like, they should be better. I don't think Marcus Simeon will be as bad as he was last year. And I think um, we'll see uh, with Corey Seager as well. I think he'll be a lot better. And I think those are guys who – are Seager especially will benefit from the elimination of the shift. But, like, I just – I don't see it. So then you're like Otani is thinking about like testing for agency and I'm like, well, then he has to be moved this summer, right? Like there's just, there's no way around it. Like you're not winning a title. You're not using, uh, making this all work. And I'm just, I'm just sad because I think all baseball fans, all they want is the angels. Like we don't want you to build like the juggernaut. We just want Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in the playoffs. Like we want to see it once. And I don't think we're going to get it. Like what, what would you do if you're running the angels right now? What, what do you do with Shohei Otani?
0: Um, so, so here's the thing. Um, there's the baseball answer to this and there's the business answer to this. Mm. Um, the baseball answer is that you've brought in, like, the Angels didn't have, like, the crazy soft seasons in the world, in the world. Mm. um, but they made some nice, like, little, like, tertiary, secondary moves. I like the Renfro acquisition. Mm. Um, Brandon Drury had, just had a great year. They brought in Brandon Drury. I like Gio Rochella as, like, a, like, kind of do-it-all man in the infield. Um, their pitching moves were a bit odd. They like kind of jumped the market on Tyler Anderson out of nowhere at the start mm-hmm. of the offseason. There was some decent pitching on the market. Then they just jumped the market to get Tyler Anderson. Um, yeah, but they were just
1: nervous. They're like, we're not getting anybody else. We need to get somebody we know we can get right
0: yeah, now. Yeah. Um, like they, they brought in Matt Moore, who have actually suddenly had like a great season of relief for Texas last year. I didn't realize this. Um, and Carlos Estevez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for their bullpen. I still don't, I really don't like the bullpen still. I mean, those guys, I think maybe they are good again, but Establish is always up and down. I don't really trust Matt Moore, frankly, to have another great year, but maybe he unlocks some secret sauce last year in Texas. Um, that's a
1: Texas thing, man. I don't know if you, Mike yeah, Miner, uh, Lance Lynn, Texas does that. The revitalization for old wash yeah. pitchers. Like, it, once you leave, I think it's over.
0: Uh, I don't think it's going to be the same. Yeah, we'll see. But um, so, like, it's always been kind of like a Stars and Scrubs kind of thing with the Angels um and so they've kind of bridged that gap a little bit this off season. um also like jared walsh got like his like labrum cleaned up so maybe he'll start hitting again um because he was like important for them years past when he's like mm-hmm. he came out of nowhere and started hitting um that all being said like yeah like picota has got them finishing second in the west yeah um at, like i think it was like 86 wins let me just, let me it's just that, weird uh, why, yeah. is that, why um, do you like them? I, I, I get it. I, I get it. I really do. Um, so what I, is I, it I for you? If
1: you get it, why do you see it? Why do you think the numbers? Because
0: this, cause like like, this is like one of those things where like, if all goes well, the angels yeah. could be like you know good, but like it never all goes well at the angels. <laughs> right. Like like Anthony Rendon is going to get hurt again. Yeah. Um. Like I I am not like crazy about the rotation, but I, I I see it. But like I can like maybe Reed Detmer's like takes that step forward. Mm. Um. He's still just 23. Um. I like Patrick Sandoval a lot. Um. Otani's Otani Anderson. Maybe he's still like Dodgers All Star for him. Anderson. We'll see. I don't know. Um, I really don't just trust, I really don't trust the bullpen that much. Um, but I don't know, man, it's the angels. Something always goes weird and, you know, upends itself. Um, so, but so that all leads us back to Otani. Um, yes, I would, I would love, I'm not an angels fan. I would love to see the angels make the playoffs because we need Mike Trout and Joey Otani in the playoffs. We just do. It's what baseball should be. Um, I don't expect that to happen, though. So what it is, you know, getting to the trade deadline I and mean, the Angels have, you know, a really chock-full IL again and Anthony Rendon's hit like 220 before, you know, tearing his leg off or whatever. Um, what do you do with Shohei Otani? From a baseball perspective, because let me tell you, that dude's not coming back if he goes to free agency. He's not coming back. I
1: don't think he's come um, back anyway. I think the fact that it's just like open like this and he's going, like, I think he's already telling him like, this is it. I mean, like, like so this is
0: like kind of like, I mean, I had that reaction to you, but then like I yeah. took a step back and was like, okay, this is like kind of like the canned answer you always give. And like, I'm going to free agency and whoever's going to give me the big check is going to give me the big check. And if it's the, but angels, everybody's going right. to give him the big check. Like who's not giving. Like Steve Cohen's going to give him the big check. Yes. I don't think Artie Moreno is going to do that. And frankly, if I'm choosing between the Mets and the angels, I'm going to the Mets. Mm. Like I know that team is committed to winning at all costs. The Angels are not committed to winning at all costs. They have I think the coasting again with
1: him because I, I think. Do you think he wants to stay on the West Coast? I don't know. That might be part of it. I I,
0: I, I don't know, but like if he yeah. does, they'll go to the Dodgers. You know what I mean? Like the Dodgers will give him the check.
1: Yeah, Their and the Padres like,
0: could give him the check. You know what the I mean? Padres like, be
1: hilarious. The Padres like they let Machado walk um, this offseason. They just fill that money, and they with, just
0: give them they give the money to Shohei. L- yeah. Like maybe that's what they do. I don't know, but like
1: AJ Preller, anything's possible with AJ Preller,
0: right? So if you think he's walking away, then yeah, you got to trade him. Like you can't yeah. let him go for nothing. It'll suck. It'll be one of the dirtiest things you do in your career as a general manager for Perry. But like you got to get something back. Mm. But but Artie Moreno might come and say, "Now hold on we mm-hmm. make $20 million a year just from Shohei Otani merch and ticket sales and all that stuff. Mm. He generates us $20 million a year just in, in merchandising and promotional material and stuff like that. Plus all the money that's coming in from the Japanese media that's broadcasting the Angels games and all the... the he is a money-making machine for the Angels. Right. He makes them so much money. Do they want to like punt on two months of that? I don't know. Um, and also, like if you're like trying to sell like, so it was another podcast who was theorizing that Artie might try and turn around in a year or two after the, um, the broadcasting part of, you, as you, if you, I don't know if you've been discussing uh, the Valley sports things with your mm. listeners. So um, for those of you who don't know, Bally um, sports, which is one of the, um, it was a company that oh, I think they own like 16 different mm. um, lo- uh, regional sports networks that broadcast major league baseball games, among other things. Right. Um, and, Television money is a huge source of income for baseball, of course, um, and that's they're like going bankrupt. They just defaulted on a payment to baseball. Um, the company that owns it, uh, Diamond Sports Group, which is a subsidiary of or a shell company for Sinclair Broadcasting, um, it's all going very poorly. They're 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 declaring bankruptcy, and so the broadcasting stuff is all up in the air right now. Baseball might step in and do it themselves for a year before they find someone else to broadcast the games whatever but that is a very uneven unsteady portion of uh, major league baseball's revenue right now which is maybe one of the reasons why Artie said hold on I'm going to step back and wait and maybe once this gets cleared up and there's a more profitable TV uh mechanism in place maybe the franchise valuations will go up even further because the report was that wasn't that like nobody was willing to fork over money for the Angels Mm -hmm. the report was that there were a lot of people who were willing to fork over a lot of money for the Angels and Artie Moreno said no I'm good so maybe what Artie Moreno is doing is that he is taking a step back, letting the broadcasting even itself out, get into whatever streaming money that comes through with the because um, they might also end blackouts of streaming on MTV yeah. and which will probably generate more money. So maybe he wants to get that part of the money. And also with expansion props coming down the the line a year or two there's going to be fees that any prospective ownership groups have to pay um to buy a stake and buy buy one of the expansion teams basically and Um, all that money will get distributed to the owners which may be like something like 20 25 million dollars uh per owner or something like that mm -hmm. so maybe he's waiting for that money to come in and then he'll sell again your franchise is a bit more valuable if you have a giant shohei otani shaped money making machine on the roster yeah um so maybe Artie's going to say, no, we're going to... I don't know. Um, there. Are, what I'm saying is there are business incentives to not trade Shohei Otani, um, which sucks um, that we're talking about baseball that way. But, like, if you're Artie Moreno, that's a serious consideration you have to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm betting he's in a different uniform opening day next year. Yeah, Um. I, but maybe that's why they don't trade him and they try and, like, say, hey, come back, we love you. Um. I don't yeah. think it's
1: going to go the same way as Aaron Judge. Like, Aaron Judge was a, like, it's a little bit different scenario for Judge in New York versus uh, Shohei in Los no, Angeles. No,
0: Aaron Judge had very much had a screw you, pay me kind of season. Yes. And um, it was also,
1: like, a big, uh, like, we thought Aaron, what was the, I already forgot this, off season's taken so long that so many things have happened. What, what did Heyman tweet Aaron what was the arson judge arson judge Judge. yeah like that was not that long ago i mean he was almost a giant and you were like oh because most guys uh i think it was uh dave Schoenfield of espn had outlined like how rare it is for guys superstars to come back to their team if they reach free agency like that just because you're bidding against 30 other teams and it's just really hard to retain those guys and you don't know what the best offer is going to be so the yankees deserve a lot of credit for getting him back and i just i don't see that happening back-to-back years, the sport's best player on the market, returning to uh, their own team, because I just think he's gonna get a better offer.
0: I'll say the and Giants- it's not only that, but also yeah. like Ohtani is like a hyper-competitive human being. Yeah. He is insanely competitive. That man wants to win championships. Are you yeah. gonna do that on the Angels? No, no, you're not gonna do it on the Angels, I'm sorry. I love Mike Trout to death, but they're not willing to put the talent around him and Otani. I mean- The thing they,
1: with Trout they... though is he signed the extension. He could have left. Like, Trout no, signed up for have... this part. He signed up for this part.
0: And, and we, we can get into that, and I, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily hold that against Trout, but like, yeah. like there is some, there is something to be said, I think, in baseball lore for like wearing the same uniform for your entire career. Yeah. Um, and also, if they convince Mike Trout that like, hey, we're going to put a winner on the field, that just didn't. Then like mm. that sucks. Yeah. Um But this offseason in particular, with all the talent on the on on the market, with like the Angels having such a clear, I, mean, I like Luis Ranjifo, but like you can play that dude at second base and like go get a shortstop. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Angels could have very easily walked into the offseason and say, "Hey, this might be your last year with Shohei Ohtani. We want to convince him to stick around. Let's go get Trey Turner. Yeah, let's go get Carlos Rodon. You know what I mean? Like they could have. Like Artie Marino is not a poor man. Artie right. Marino is a stupidly wealthy man. The Angels make a lot of money. Um, they could have done that, and they did. Yeah. I mean,
1: I just feel like they're just. Oh, what's the right analogy here? Where it's like the ship's sinking, and you just there are holes everywhere in the ship, and you just keep trying. Like you're just there, so you just keep right, trying. Right, but they're to also like, the
0: ones who put those holes there.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it's also like they're not. I just kind of want the ship to just go down. Where I'm like, you're not going to fix the player development. You're not going to fix the farm. Like none of this is going to happen. You just keep trying to sign the flashy thing, and then there's. I don't know. I just kind of want this iteration of the Angels to end. That's that's what I would like. um Manny Machado. Yes. I think he's going to be playing for somebody else in 2024 as well. Um, Possibly. He might be a champion, though, when he's playing for somebody else after this season. Uh, I think the pods have, I mean, just, they're the top of the NL is just going to be an absolute bloodbath um, yes. come playoff time. Like, we're all going to be, like, I'm a Braves guy. obviously. I, I hope, like, they're 5-0 and since Alex Topless has taken over in the NL East. So we'll see what happens at this point with the Mets. But, like, you just saw the Phillies make it. The Phillies are going to be good. Mets are going to be good. Dodgers are going to be good podgers gonna be good and then you're like the nl central like what are we doing like uh, the nl central do they have to play this year like you're you're not winning here. like what's the point of the nl central and honestly you can make the same case for the al central this year too um but i'm curious where do you think he ultimately ends up do you think it's a foregone conclusion that he winds up in a mets uniform in 2024 or do you think he um, finds his way somewhere else
0: possibly he could be a met mm. um i mean it's one of those things where like you try to think about who will have a glaring third base opening, mm-hmm. but like, if you can sign Manny Machado, you can create an opening for yourself. You'll make mm-hmm. room. Um, I mean, like, he could be a Yankee. Josh Donaldson is like, you know, half dead um, <laughs> on his last on the last year of his contract, and yeah, they've got you know they've got Peraza, they've got Volpe, but those that's probably second and third base.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The Yankees could go, say, hey. We have a third base opening. Let's tie Manny Machado after we should have done it five years ago. Um,
1: I would rather the Yankees move on from Donaldson to acquire Tim Anderson. That's my hope. Is what ultimately happens there. That would be.
0: That'd be awesome. I, I just I, I don't wish Yankee dim on Tim Anderson. There are some players who are just like you're too fun to be a Yankee. I'm sorry. Yeah, but he um, needs to
1: have. Yeah, he. I guess going from the White Sox and Tony Russa to the no fun Yankees is a, the best spot
0: like, for Tim Anderson. Like, I, I just I want just, Tim Anderson out of Chicago. I, I mean, I, I, I want him out of Reinsdorf land too. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I just have like terrifying images of my head of like the New York Post back page with Tim Anderson in Yankee uniform. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It'll be bad. It'll be bad. Um, that dude deserves somewhere where we could, like, he could go have fun and like be himself mm. and not be like murdered by the media every day. Um, but yeah, stuff like that. So like, I mean, I mean, like heck, the, the Rangers could say, Josh Young is not working and can't stay healthy. And we like spending money all of a sudden. So, mm-hmm. like, let's go get Manny Machado. Um, yeah. S- stuff like that could happen. Um, who knows? Um, the Rockies
1: could step I, in here where they're like, look, Chris Bryant <laughs> it's all about vibes. Like, Because like, they don't care about winning. They'll give you all the money. And they're like, hey, Machado, no, do you want to no, hit no, no, 40 no, that's dingers?" That's
0: not true. Dick, Dick, Dick Monfort came out and said the Rockies have never tanked and never will. They well, they're not tanking.
1: Look, like, hey, if you're tanking, he's I, like, and you know why what? would I, I sign Chris Bryant? Why would I sign Chris Bryant?
0: No, exactly. Dick mm-hmm. Monfort, bless his heart. They are, they are trying their best out there. God mm-hmm. bless their souls. They mean well. But I, I, can you I imagine like can you imagine being the colorado rockies <laughs> and like putting the results you put the results out every year and then your owner is like oh no we don't take we're doing this on purpose
1: <laughs> we're just in, we're intentionally in, we're not intentionally incompetent what do you like this is an unintentional just uh result
0: we are here. we are maximizing our resources <laughs> <laughs> you
1: gotta feel terrible if you're a rockies fan but uh, i also just think chris bryant is living his best life like that man won a title he signed for the mega deal. Colorado and Denver is a great place to live. He gets all the vibes. There's no pressure. I don't think the media climate's all that harsh over there. He just gets played in a beautiful party.
0: But, you know, otherwise, it's great. Like, he's just, he's hanging out. Chris Bryant,
1: I just feel like he's the happiest guy in baseball fight to get. Playing well, doesn't matter. He won the ring. It doesn't, it, none of it matters. Um, There you go. Nick, your pick from this list, MLB.com. Did a most interesting uh, player tour um, around Major League Baseball, different player for every single team of this list. Who crossed over? Who who did you also pinpoint as the most interesting player in camp?
0: Um, I'm gonna give you two. Okay, Um, and they're both prospects. Um, First is Grayson Rodriguez, Mm. um, who um, is arguably the best right-handed pitching prospect in baseball, um, has been for a number of years now could have been in, in Baltimore already last year if the Orioles weren't cheap bastards and if he hadn't gotten hurt. Mm. Um, did you see the, by the way, speaking of the Baltimore Orioles, while we're here, did mm. you see the quote from John Angelos this week? I did not. Which Angelos so is the, that, by
1: the way? Because there's a lot uh, of them that, out.
0: That, that is Peter's son, John, who is now taking over as the control person the okay. day-to-day operations because Peter is, you know, aging. Um, yeah. So John Angelos has taken over at... You know, in, in the grand tradition of baseball owner fail sons has mm. taken over at the, end of the operations of the Baltimore Orioles mm. and so he was being asked about okay so you guys took a big step forward last year you've got some young exciting players coming up um, but there was no real invest monetary investment this offseason what's the deal and when is that going to happen mm. and John angelos said well You know, frankly, I think we overperformed last year. Uh, We outperformed our expectations. We outperformed our projections. And uh, Mm -hmm. this team's not actually that good. And um, it's not my job to oversee the payroll. And I'm like, like, hold on! (laughs) Time out! Time out! (laughs) First of all, you're the owner. If it's Mm -hmm. not your job, whose job is it? And then he went (laughs) on to say say that we we want to be like Tampa. We want to be like the Tampa Bay Rays. Let's unpack that statement for a bit, shall Mm -hmm. we? What does wanting to be like the Tampa Bay Rays mean, in your mind?
1: Uh letting the Xander Bogarts uh walk up the world and be like, We're smarter than everybody else. We're going to be able to develop, 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 and we are going to win on the margins, we are not going to overpay, and we are going to always be one step ahead of the competition. That's what it, it means. It
0: also to me. means you will Outside of Wander Franco, never pay anybody a cent. Yes. It means you will never get premier free agents. Yes. It means you will occasionally make the playoffs. You will never be the best team in the playoffs. And you'll never. And the Tampa Bay Rays have never won a World Series. Right. But we're going to be cheap as hell is what that means. And it's also, um,
1: folks, let me tell you. Do you know what's rare? Another team being able to do exactly what the Tampa Bay Rays have done. Like, this has been a thing. We hear this for 15 (laughs) years where it's like, we're just going to try and be the race. There's only one race. They're the only ones who can do it. They are the only ones who have been able to do it. Like, no one else has pulled this off. No one.
0: Like, I've been on this podcast before, like, outing myself as one of the premier raise haters of the world. I don't even hate the Rays. Said, like I, I'm okay with it because they're
1: if they were the only one doing it, like I'm okay with it. Like if they're the only one, because at least it's effective. At least they win a lot of baseball games doing it this way. At least they're intentionally good year in year out.
0: That being said, for all my mm. for all my Rays hating, uh-huh. I will say they are the premier talent like identification, acquisition, yes. and development outfit in the sport. They have that on lock. Yes, they, they have this like constant clown car of dudes that they acquire like like if the Rays call and ask for one of your pictures, you mm. should hang up and like <laughs> destroy your phone and like get a new phone number like that should tell you something Um, like they're, they're like they're, they're like they just churn out. Also, they the don't
1: same. they don't even fall off when they lose their brain trust like Andrew Friedman's gone. Like he's been gone for right. and they people were worried. They're like, Oh, Friedman's gone. Uh oh. Heim Heim Blue went Heimblum. to Boston and, and
0: is like running Boston into the ground now. Yes. Like he's he is destroying the Red Sox. He got bullied um, into extending Rafael Devers. He Arkansas. did. It was great. <laughs> great job by Red Sox fans, by the way. Yeah. Um so anyway, Grayson mm-hmm. Rodriguez, who supposedly has a really good shot to like make the team out of camp. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to see him uh in the major leagues he's a really mm-hmm. cool exciting pitcher um there was a photo i learned that grace rodriguez is a high socks guy which means mm-hmm. that he is automatically a half a step up on my pitcher ratings um yeah. anytime a pitcher wears the high socks they're good at baseball who's uh, lost yankees no, Yankee guys don't really do that very often um i think cole does it every now and then um yeah. oh, there's guys that it's it's slipping my mind right now Cause I'm thinking um, about it, I'm
1: like Yankees guys don't really do it all that often. I'm trying to think. I mean, no, they
0: should though. It looks good. El Duque obviously did,
1: but I'm trying to think of some. Ob- yeah, like,
0: I don't know. Yeah. Not, not a lot. Um, like some of the position players do it. Like like Judge will do it when he's like going to yeah. stop. You like put on feel
1: like ice Gardner ice. did it every day, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that like, was his
0: thing. That was his thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, David Robertson did it. Like some of the relievers have done. Yeah. it. Um, maybe Tyler other really, back in the day. Possibly yes. The other um guy on this list I'm really looking forward to is Oscar Colas. Mm. Um, Oscar Colas um, is one of the the latest in the big line the long line of uh, exciting Cuban players at the White Sox side um, mm. there is a fair chance that again Colas could um, make the team out of camp if he has a really good uh, spring training um, I'm always really interested in the Cuban players that come over and want to do well here um, he just destroyed three levels of the minor leagues last year um, and you know I'm not saying it's a good thing they let Jose Abreu walk to the to the Astros because that just makes me sad inside um, for a variety of reasons. But I do think that poss- part of the reason that Jerry Reinsdorf, besides being a cheap bastard, um, <laughs> they were okay with that was that because I think Colas can come in and provide some offense. Yeah. And the White Sox have had a big gaping hole in their outfield for a very long time now. Right field um,
1: specifically. Like they just have yes. not – like right field just been poof. Y-
0: yeah, um, so, where does Andrew maybe Vaughn Oscar play? Coles is the answer. Andrew Vaughn is, he's actually a first baseman by trade. They've,
1: yeah.
0: He, he's one of those guys, like, the White Sox do this, because, like, they just, like, take guys who have no business being in the outfield and stick it out mm-hmm. in the outfield. Like, Andrew Vaughn, like, was a first base prospect, played first base in college, and that's where he belongs. So, he's presumably mm-hmm. going to be the first baseman now. Um, and so, maybe Coles is the answer right.
2: Hmm.
1: Just ask Jermaine Die. You have this all-time outfield legend. Just be like, Jermaine, do you think this guy can play outfield? No? Okay, we're not putting this guy in the outfield. There you go. <laughs> That's analytics. There you go. Um, is he playing for... Uh, is Oscar playing for Cuba in the World Baseball Classic or no?
0: I think he might be. I'm not sure. Let me pull that up.
1: Okay. Um, Let's go to... I, I have. Uh, this is going to be a kind of fun back and forth here. So I want to see the case for and against nick the case for
0: he is not he, so he's not oscar colis okay. is not but luis robert is
1: okay very cool um the case for and against the mariners winning the al west how do you make it for nick and then we can do um it against. so
0: the case for is um i think the mariners have like one of the best rotations in baseball mm. um luis castillo is ridiculous george kirby is great um, maybe Robbie Ray kind of bounces back a little bit more towards the Cy Young form he had in Toronto. Um, I like Logan Gilbert. Marco Gonzalez showed up to camp with, like, like 20 pounds slimmer. Um, maybe they've got something going on there. Um, Julio is Julio. I love Julio to death. Um, I might be the biggest Thai France stand in baseball. Um, Teoscar Hernandez is a, Teoscar Hernandez is a fun acquisition. Um, and, like, I... I I like their bullpen a lot too. Like Andres Munoz is just like ridiculous. That dude's like mm-hmm. a tactical Duke. Um, Paul Seawald's really good. I think Matt Brash, if you give him a full time relief role, don't try to make him start like they did last year. Just make him like you're a reliever. Mm. Um, I think Matt Brash can turn into one of the best relief weapons in baseball. Um, you can see it here. You can you you can see things percolating. Um, Jared Kelnick showed up to camp and supposedly has reworked his swing again. Maybe Jared Kelnick finally breaks out and makes that trade doesn't look quite so embarrassing. Um, great for piece yeah. on him,
1: uh, that was outlined yeah. in SI go read that. And I mean, he had like one of the worst starts. I think he's like second worst start of any, It's awful. like, but it was, I think he's actually like the second worst start for like the first 200 at bats or something. Like there's only one other player who has actually started worse than Jared clinic with the amount of bats that he's had. And it's like,
0: yeah, dang,
1: that's just, yeah, it's just sad. I hope he work. I um, hope it's. I hope it's fixed. I hope that will
0: help. No, I. I. I, I did too. Um, because it'd be fun to see it work. Yeah. Um, and they have some stuff percolating on the miners. I think that's in the time miners that they might get soon. But regardless of that, um, their roster is really fun. Um, I. I would love to see the Mariners succeed again. Um, I think they've got some stuff here that could make really big impact. Um, you know, imagine. Julio Rodriguez is his next step. Like he that was his that was his his opening act. He's still just twenty two. He's theoretically yeah. going to get better. Like he could get even better. Uh, Julio Rodriguez like could contend for an MVP award this year. Yeah. Um so that is the case for the Mariners pushing people out of the way. Um maybe the Astros, um they've already lost the Light Some Colors again. Maybe there's some more injuries there. Yeah. Maybe Jose Abreu like runs out of gas. Um so on and so forth. Just the attrition. Like um, they've
1: lost a lot of important costs. Yeah. Uh
0: like I, I think you on Alvarez has like some sort of injury right now. It's like yeah. I think maybe like the shoulder thing. Um maybe that faster or something else. Not that I wish any ill on them. Yeah. Um but yeah, but they're top heavy, maybe, they're not as
1: deep as they've been in years past.
0: No, they're not. They're not. Um so that is the argument for the mariners. Mm. You know, and then let's let's say you know the A's, they'll feast on the A's. Mm-hmm. They'll the, the 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 Angels have that off we were talking about earlier. There, there is something, there is potential here. There's a path um, to win. The case against eight. is that the Houston Astros just won the World <laughs> Series, and the Houston Astros exist. Mm-hmm. The case against this is that as interesting as off season as the Seattle Mariners had, they could have gone out and gotten like I don't know more. There could have been more here, um, like. I think it was uh, John Bernhardt on Twitter was talking about how the supposed thesis of the Kelnick Cano diaz trade was that they were going to pocket that money that they're no longer spending on Robbie Cano and reinvest it elsewhere. And he looked at how much money that they theoretically saved on that trade. And then their corresponding payroll levels after the trade. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And they have not reinvested the money at all. They've not spent that much money. Like they said, oh, we're going to, we're going to ratchet it up now that we have the Robbie Cano money off the books. Um, mm-hmm. They have not done any of that. They have, I mean, calvin has been an abject disaster. Edwin Diaz is like the best reliever in baseball now. Um, and like, yeah, they have some stuff here. Like they, they've developed fairly well. Gilbert, Kirby, Julio, all those guys. Like, like, like full credit to the Mariners for, you know, pushing this out into the major leagues. Yeah. But like, what the good teams do is they take that good stuff and then they bring in some crazy mercenary to supplement that young core and that's yeah. how you win the world series that's what the dodgers did that's what the astros did that's what the Braves did right. um and like yeah they traded for teoscar hernandez which is cool they mm. traded for colton Wong, i guess whatever um but, like, I, I need more here. You, you're not going to, like, overtake the Astros like this. You might, well, like, nip it. You you might, like, bite it at the ankles of the Astros here. But, like, you're going to need outside help to over overcome the Astros here. Like, you could have, like, put yourself on their level here. And you didn't do that. Um, and, but, again, I like this team a lot.
1: I like this team hmm. a lot, but I don't see it right now. Jerry Depoto, what does that man love doing more than anything else in the world? He does like doing trades. That man right, so listen, loves dude, him get, a trade. So, like, and, whenever and I look at the training, Mariners yeah. and I'm like, I think they could still do stuff. I think Jerry DePoto's is always looking for the next deal. Like, there is not a general manager out there who loves making moves and t- uh, tinkering with his team more than Jerry Depoto. So, it's like, they can still do more, but I also think they'll do more. Like, if I had to bet on anybody in the AL West who's contending to do more to try and upgrade... And try and find a way to make this team a little bit better, it's Jerry DePoto. But it's always a little thing. It's like three three chess moves to get the one that he actually wants to do. Um, but shout out to him. Because he's another different. Like, it's just what, how the Mariners have built their team is just different than I think uh, a lot of teams around baseball. And I look, baseball's back in Seattle, which is awesome. Playoff baseball, excuse me. And it was a great environment. And I think uh, it's just, it's cool when the Mariners are good. Um, last one here, Nick. The case for yes. and against our favorite team on this podcast. When you and I talk, like you and I, we, we both love the mascot for the Rockies. The case, not just, the, we're not saying that the Rockies win in the NL West. The the Rockies are not, like we can't waste our time with that. But the case for the Rockies not finishing last in the NL West is what, Nick?
0: Well, mm, um, okay, so theoretically, um, so you know how for a long time, um, there's been theorized that the fault lines in California are due for like this enormous earthquake. Mm-hmm. Um, so theoretically that could happen this year uh-huh. and there's this like, and California is, this. Yeah. is just absolutely racked with this horrible earthquake. And there's this like okay. gaping maw in the earth where like San Francisco or Los Angeles once was, um, by default, the Colorado Rockies do not finish in fifth place. Mm. Um, because they can't that play, they can't happen. get
1: to LA. They just can't play the season. Like they well, just split well, off well, well, and because they can't the,
0: Do- the Dodgers, the Dodgers can't play anymore. Yeah. Um, so you know,
1: by default, they move up.
0: Like, like they like they lose. Like they go like, like they open the season with like a three game losing streak. Then the, the earthquake hits, so they finish the season like with it with a zero winning percentage. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Uh, um, I mean, if we want to look at the roster and like actually like subject ourselves to this, um. <laughs> Like, again, Dick Montfort went on the record and said, hey, we're not tanking. We don't mm-hmm. tank here. We we, we we try our darndest to win. Um, so I will give, let's say, Chris Bryant's shoulder is no longer a pile of spaghetti. Mm-hmm. And he can actually hit for power again. And he's Chris Bryant. And he can stay healthy. Um, that's cool. Uh, CJ Crone is like kind of like a decent first baseman hitter, mm-hmm. slugger dude. Great spot um, for him. Bren, yeah, Brendan Rogers, the breakout finally happens. You know, it, it, he was a top pick in the draft for a reason. Mm. Um, and, you know, highly regarded dude. Uh, the breakout happens. Ezekiel Tovar is a very interesting young player. He's only just 21. He might make the shortstop out of camp. Um, again, a very highly rated prospect. Maybe he comes in and, like, does a lot of cool stuff. Um, Herman Marquez is, rebounds from last year's woes and pitches at an all-star level again. Kyle Freeland pitches at an all-star level again. And um, maybe Austin Gomber pitches like a decent mid-rotation starter. It doesn't make the uh, Aaron trade look quite as embarrassing. Um, Dillson, Lamette, they claimed off waivers. Um, and I've always been a really big Lamette guy. He can't stay healthy, but he's got nasty stuff. Maybe he turns into a crazy reliever. Um, and then I... Uh, Uh,
1: That's all I got Man I just And it's tough too Because I think the Diamondbacks Might be a sneaky playoff Push team Like I don't I don't know know if they're a playoff team
0: But I think they're I think they're interesting I I really think they're interesting I think
1: they're too good Like Like, I just Like you need a season From hell For like The Padres Or the Giants And
0: I just I think the Diamondbacks Are going to be too competent I forget who said it, and, I, and mm. if you're listening, like, please sound off in the comments. L- let me know so I can give you credit. Um, whoever said it was like, like, if the Diamondbacks were an NBA team, everybody mm. would call them like the best, the sneaky best league pass team. Yeah, like, like that, like that. That's like kind of what the D backs have done. Like, to be clear, I don't think they're like good, but they're certainly really interesting. Yeah, um, like Corbin Carroll is like a heck of a player theoretically. Have to get extended. It looks um, like yeah. Yeah, I uh, could Marte maybe he's healthy and, like, mm-hmm. bounces back. Like, if we get a full healthy season of Zach Allen, awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Alec Thomas could be a dude at some point. Um, like, there's, like, some, like, interesting stuff happening here. Um, their closer is named, I, I, I kid you not, Kevin Ginkle. Like, mm-hmm. you have to, like, get 20 saves just for that alone. Right. Um, like, there's some interesting stuff happening here. Like, Evan Longoria is, a diamondback apparently like maybe he's like does stuff i don't know like there's st- they're, they're cool um this this like again one of those teams where like if they actually invest in the roster and like which they're not going to because ken kendrick is like fiending for a new stadium and like mm-hmm. has to say oh look we can't possibly bring in for free agents we need our new stadium give us the stadium like they're doing that song and dance right now but like if they How were to actually chase invest field, in this chase field can't not be that old, old. it's no. not that old um but like you can, you can kind of squint your eyes and see it with this team. Mm.
1: You can, but you can't squint with the Rockies. Like they're—I was no. going through like who's the most likely to go from worst to first, or who has the like the the hope most hopeless of any of the last place. And I'm just like, I think it's like people might go Reds Pirates. I'm like, no, the NL Central. There's a case like they could go third or fourth, like if things go their way. There's so who, is, no who was case. last
0: in Central last year?
1: I think it was the Reds, right?
0: Those are the Reds. Okay. Well, I I I I don't see it with the Reds personally, but
1: no. But like the NL Central is not great. Like the Brewers might be blowing it up soon. Like we'll see what happens with Corbin Burns and stuff. But
0: like, I don't know. The Cardinals. Did, did you talk about the Corbin Burns incident on your podcast? I did not. Okay. So Corbin Burns went to arbitration with with the mm. uh, with the Brewers. I think over like seven hundred K, something mm. like that, something obscene like that. They were like, no, 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 we can't possibly do that. Um, And Corbin Burns told reporters at camp, when when camp opened this week, or last week, whatever it was, um, it's already blurred together. Mm. He told reporters that like they sat down and said to the arbitrator, Corbin Burns is the reason we didn't make the playoffs last year. Like, (laughs) whoa! (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) Time out! You're going to tell your, your ace, who is a pending free agent. And like, we all know, we all know, like the Brewers don't spend money. You probably mm. weren't paying to keep around anyway, but you're going to tell your ace right before the start of spring training. No, no, no. You're the reason you are our, our Cy Young all world ace. You're the reason you, we didn't make the playoffs last year. Like go to hell, man. Like what the hell? Oh my God. Isn't that the,
1: like just arbitration cases are crazy. Like to be on no, the wall with what, cause what they have to say to try and win. Like
0: I... It's nuts. It's and like a, to be clear, like like salary arbitration is like a big win for the union. Like like
2: yeah.
1: the
0: players having the right to like make their case for their own salary, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But like the things that team roll out to like try and say, oh no no, you're you're secretly bad at baseball. Like yeah. it's insane. It's insane.
1: And I just you have to have thick skin, man. And also have to just be, look at it really as business because like Freed and the Braves came just sh- short, and like he like they were they're were like a, I forgot what it was like total, but they were very close. And what they and they still didn't get it. And I, I had to imagine that had to be pretty testing it's like what are they saying to freed in this room where it's like right max freed was the reason they didn't go back to back and it's like oh my (laughs) god i i don't know what they're saying because like it's like max Freed's awesome just pay max Freed. what does max Freed want all right just pay him he's awesome um yeah i don't know i can only imagine what teams are rolling out to just and it's so weird because you're doing it to players you definitely like and you would prefer in a perfect world to keep them around but it's got to be so weird especially for yeah. not owners who it's like it's not our money but it's like we would we love we we may have drafted this guy or we may have developed this guy it's like we want him around um, Well, Nick, this has been great. I have enjoyed having you back on this very program, sir. What can the good folks check out from you? What do you want to plug here as we wrap up here tonight?
0: Um, so I'm not doing a whole lot of writing right now. I am editing right now. Um, that is my current lot in life. Um, but I like editing. It's good. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm like much more of a behind-the-scenes person right now. I'm primarily doing work at Sportsline, which is a uh, fantasy sports sports betting site under the CBS Sports banner. Um come check us out. We've got a lot of cool, like, projection systems and stuff. A lot of experts. Dishing picks. It's great. Mm -hmm. Um, Our experts have phenomenal records. Baseball starting up soon. March Madness coming soon. You're going to want to get on it. Um, CBS Sports obviously is great. Um, Check out our baseball coverage. Our guys, like R.J. Anderson, Matt Snyder, the whole crew, Dan Perry, the whole crew. Um, They're awesome. Uh, Definitely check us out there. I might be doing a little bit of writing as the season progresses. I might do a little bit of fantasy, fantasy baseball writing. Might do some stuff at main site we'll, we're working on it we'll see um but yeah it's gonna be a good season there you
1: go yeah i'm excited man uh it's gonna be fun and uh the weather's better sitting outside just it's gonna be nice like i cannot wait for the first uh, mid-league baseball game i'm at this year it's gonna be great nick stellini thank you as always and uh let's uh, talk again soon
0: thanks for having me mm-hmm.
1: All right, we're back here on the Chase Most Podcast. First timer on the program as we continue to wrap up our Supercross coverage here on the Chasing Most Podcast and the Blue Arrow Pod Network. Uh, All kinds of great shows. Greenlight, Chris Long. We've got Road Tripping with Richard Jefferson. The network continues to grow and we continue to expand. And with that expansion is Supercross because the season's underway. Anaheim's happened. Oakland's happened, which we'll get into. Tampa's happened. And as we start to learn more about where this season's going to go, um, I have a special guest here. Cade Clayson is here. Cade, good afternoon, sir. How are you?
3: I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you having me on the show.
1: Thanks for being here. Um, If you had two S's in your last name, I think it'd be Clayson. I think you would have a much more, like you're very, it's very close. When I, when you read your name, you have to do a double take because I don't know if it's a baseball thing with me, but it's one that it's Clayson. Could that be your alter ego when you win? You're like Cade Clayson and then it's, uh, it's Clayson when it's not?
3: It sounds very French, very yeah. formal. Like it. <laughs>
1: I like it. I like it. Um, Cade. So when we look, uh, before we get into just your background and your story as a as a driver here in your awesome 2022 season, I want to start when you look at Tampa over the weekend. The most exciting part for you was what?
3: Um, back at Tampa, it was man, the the rain made it interesting. Mm-hmm. you know the last corner pass with uh hunter was quite quite interesting mm-hmm. um and then the, the last the last minute charge by coop to get into the lead uh that was that was a big big one as well tampa was exciting and then this past weekend oakland was mm-hmm. it was exciting too i mean it was one of the gnarliest tracks uh i've ridden in a long time they uh they built it simple as put gnarly mm-hmm. uh, everything's steep and uh, to us, when they build stuff big and steep, that's, that's what we want, and it, it makes for a good show. Um, so the track was definitely the most challenging part in Oakland. Um, but, I mean, when you've got Cooper Webb coming from, you know, 10, 12 seconds back and then almost winning, you know, on the last lap, that was, that was awesome. And then Jet uh, Lawrence, just being Jet Lawrence and being the phenom that he's growing into is uh, impressive to watch every single weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean it's funny like that. The big story, right, is um is Cooper versus Eli to this point because Cooper having the great week in Tampa and then just that finish with him and Eli and we'll get into Eli breaking a a tying a big record here and uh, just being uh, Eli Tomac, which is just your like every week. It's funny because I was talking to Sean about it last week, where um and I imagine this is the case for all the racers where it's like. Oh, he's just, you just know he's going to be there. You know, he's going to be around, you know what you're up against. There is consistency. And then there's Eli consistency. Is that kind of cool to just have somebody where you're like, man, it's cool to just have that consistent competition where you're like, I know what the top of the mountain is. And this is a guy that I'm chasing. Like you have a, you have a target, uh, like every racer has a target.
3: Yeah. Uh, he's good for sure. Mm. Uh, he doesn't miss many races. I think in the last, you know, five years or so, he's maybe only missed one or two races, which is, uh, which is crazy. You know, this year 31 races. Um, so, I mean, that's 31 weekends away from home 31 weekends flying. That's, that's a tough schedule. Uh, our races are no joke. They're, they're pretty taxing. So it's, uh, it's impressive to be able to say, you know, you've gone and done, 31 races at the end of the year and you've made it through all of them and to not just do them but to do them at such a high level like he does
1: it's interesting when you mentioned the term gnarly to describe oakland why do why do you call it that and why do drivers racers uh love gnarly tracks I, i'm curious about this
3: so um each week we get a completely different track um mm. you know dirt works the company that comes in builds our tracks each weekend Uh, they can, they do a fresh design each weekend and even every year as we go to the stadium, Mm. So you're never going to see the same thing twice. And when they build that, depending on what the dirt's like, whether it's like a hard clay or like a soft, like loamy mix, uh, I'm a dirt nerd, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, they can do different things with it. Um, but then not just build it but then as it breaks down and we ride it you know mm-hmm. every lap the track changes so if the dirt is super soft and they decide to build everything really steep and uh the track just deteriorates and as it deteriorates it gets more dangerous you know ruts um can get formed and then anything goes from there you know you may be jumping from one side of a lane to the other just by complete accident, just kind of trying to survive. Um, but you know, we try to just not let it phase us and, you know, keep charging forward. But when the tracks are built so big, right, they have plenty of dirt that they can build jumps nice and fat. And then is also steep. It, uh, it just creates, you know, this different atmosphere, you know, if they change the angle of a jump by just a little bit, Mm. um, it determines whether we can only go like say two, two, or, three one or jump all four of them at one time how they build them determines basically how we what kind of combinations we can do in rhythm sections and things like that
1: have you always been a dirt nerd was that something when you first got into racing you were like all right if i'm gonna do this professionally i need to know the ins and outs of everything and that includes the dirt
3: uh maybe a little bit as i was Mm -hmm. Um, when i was like an amateur racer it was like whatever i will just show up and ride whatever they had um, but now that I've turned pro, like I know what cities have good dirt, uh, where I'm excited to go ride. Like this weekend in Dallas is something mm. we have all year. Mm. So it, uh. why is that? It's just like a good clay. Um, mm. So now the motorcycles are so powerful, right? That if the dirt's too soft, kind of like Oakland, mm. um, it deteriorates and breaks down a lot. And then it kind of makes so much, so many changes that like we almost can't do some of the jumps towards the end of the night. Mm. Um, Dirt in Dallas is just phenomenal. It packs well, but it also has a lot of traction. So they can build really big jumps. They can build big obstacles that are challenging for the riders and they'll withstand all of the racing that they're going to see.
1: What do you think about that? I'm a Georgia guy. Uh, originally I'm here in Knoxville. I'm a Tennessee guy, but originally in Georgia, um saw you in the dome uh not you personally but uh back when you were in the dome Supercross in the dome. bring it back i miss i miss the dome races and inside it's mm-hmm. it's uh, uh i'm probably gonna go to atlanta motor speedway this year so i'll be there for that um and see what that looks like um at that track but in terms of the georgia red clay what do you what do you like about that or dislike about it
3: yeah the the dirt in atlanta is really good as well mm-hmm. um that i miss the georgia dome too uh <laughs> Mercedes Benz is just a little too fancy. It's I, too
1: fancy. There was a like you used the word grimy earlier. The dome was grimy. It was gnarly. It was it was a fun fun time. It felt more authentic. It felt more like a Supercross race. That's just it like you said it's just it didn't feel as nice. And that was a a nice thing about it.
3: Yeah. See I I love the domes. I love anywhere with a roof cuz that's what Supercross is to me. Hmm. I I like the speedways, um you know Atlanta and Daytona, just for the diversity.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: are a little bit different you know obviously now we go to the speedway in atlanta but uh i'm a i'm a dome guy i love the stadium i love when the lights turn on and it's dark outside and the fireworks and all i love that stuff i love sitting up there for opening ceremony i mean this is like my eighth year racing supercross and i still love it
1: uh that's awesome um looking ahead though to arlington dallas what are you most excited about this weekend
3: for myself uh Mm. i for the track um i know those guys like to build big gnarly tracks in uh in dallas so that's that's probably the number one thing i'm excited for uh, i'm also excited because it's a triple crown mm-hmm. uh, so for people who aren't familiar most nights there's basically one main event in each class um fault or originally there's heat races lcqs and then one main event in each class that is uh, you know 15 minutes for the 250 class and 20 minutes for the 450 class but for the triple crown race uh, it's a bit of a different format. There's actually three main events in each class. Um, so you're only going to see the top 22 guys in each class. Um, but you're going to see each one of each class three times. Uh, and for the 250s, it's like 10 minutes plus a lap. And for the four fifties, it's 12 minutes plus a lap. So you get to see the stars of the sport a little bit more, uh, mm-hmm. at, but those events are gnarly. That's why we only do three of them a year. Uh, it's, it's a lot of racing. it's high intensity, but, uh, that those events are, are fun. Uh, they put a lot of pressure on us in qualifying normally qualifying doesn't really matter that much, Mm -hmm. but at these events, it does. Uh, so it's, it's a, it's a test for sure. So those are, those are my two favorite things for myself.
1: You're nearing a decade since turning pro Kate and like me, you got, you kind of look young. I'm not going to lie. You're going to be one of those people that you have the baby face where you're going to look young. Like I'm, I, you, like, you wouldn't even guess that I'm older than you right now. Like, I'm 31, Cade. Like, it, oh. I, yeah, I don't look 31. I'll never look 31. I I just, look, it's just, it's not going to happen. I'm going to look way younger than I actually am. Does it feel that long for you that you're nearing a decade since becoming a professional uh, racer?
2: Mm,
3: not really. Uh, mm-hmm. Only a lot of my teammates are, are pretty young. Uh, like, some, most of them, I think only one of them can drink. You know, <laughs> I'm 28, right? So. mm mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a lot of young bucks under the semi with mm-hmm.
1: You got a lot of designated drivers though at your yeah, disposal.
3: Tons. So it, uh, it's a, it's different for sure. Mm-hmm. I know they kind of look to me for experience and knowledge sometimes. And then they call me grandpa Cade sometimes <laughs> if, if I don't love, uh, mm-hmm. but I've, I've just been around. Right. And I feel like I'm honestly still like still right in my stride, right in my prime. Like I don't, I don't feel like I've slowed down at all. If anything, mm-hmm. gotten way better over the last two or three years. And, uh, you know, I've got some of my best results early in the season so far this year. So for me personally, it's, it's, it's still a dream just to be here. So it's, it's easy to stay young in what you're doing when you're having as much fun as I am.
1: Well, you said you've gotten a lot better in the last two to three years. What have you improved on? Was there something specific that you wanted to map out in the last couple of years that you feel like you've hit?
3: I think mentally I've just gotten a lot more tough. Hmm. Uh, the main events themselves are hard enough for a guy like myself just to get into. Mm. And, uh, I'd say for probably the first few, two years of me getting into those, uh, I'd get in there and I was just out there mm. I was doing the labs kind of surviving where now I, I I'm racing forward. I'm, I'm battling with guys I, I should be battling with and I've got, you know, good goals to move forward. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I've, been put into perspective a little bit, you know, obviously I got married, so I got to
1: mm. congratulations.
3: Support, support somebody else too. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. And I think keeping it fun while simultaneously having really good goals, uh, helps me a lot.
1: What's your wife like when she's watching these races? Does she critique you, give you advice? Does she not want to watch because she's nervous about what might happen? How does that go?
3: Uh, she's a basket case sometimes. <laughs> okay. uh, she, uh, she loves it though. Mm-hmm. You no, know, she, she, she's in the air force. So she's, she's, about, cool. she does a bunch of cool stuff too. So it's, it's fun because we mm-hmm. both things that, you know, we're super passionate about and, uh, she just, she's been around moto just as long as I have. So she, she understands it. And, uh, it's easy for me to talk to her about, you know, stuff that like I'm struggling with and she can kind of, uh, just, just help me through it. All
1: right. I got something for you. I didn't know you were going to bring up the air force here. So this is, this is going to be a cool little surprise for you. kid. Hold
3: on one second. All right, all right, here we go. So here we go. Uh, I, I know nothing the military. You're gonna question. Me.
1: Oh no! It's just the Air Force helmet. They sent me the helmet. The Air Force uh, Academy sent me their actual helmet. So that is something I've got over here. Very good. Very pro Air Force Falcons. Troy Calhoun, great coach over there. No, no, there you go. Are you a college football guy at all? Do you have time to like watch other sports, or are you mostly just uh, racing year round?
3: I'm a Browns fan. That's so.
1: unfortunate. Yeah.
3: Like. What 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 can you do, right? <laughs> I, I, basketball, growing up, uh, mm-hmm. kid, um, and I like I like watching football. Just I mean, what guy mm-hmm. doesn't? Well, like it's kind of it's fun, exactly. Uh, you know, and I like playing golf, but mm-hmm. those guys are so uncomparably good that it just makes me miserable watching them
1: sometimes. <laughs> so mm-hmm.
3: uh, I mean, I, I'm a football guy probably uh, the most, though.
1: When you play other sports, like when you're golfing, are you just as competitive as you are? on the racetrack or do you turn it off? Is that, com- can you turn that competitiveness off?
3: Oh, I'm, ex- yeah, I'm extremely competitive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no, there's no gimmies or free putts when you, when you play golf with me and my friends.
1: Okay. I like it. Who's the worst golfer on the, uh, that you've played, uh, that you've raced, uh, who like on the tour right now, who, who would you say is the worst?
3: Oh, uh, probably Alex Ray. He's okay. One of my friends, but he is so God awful. at golf. <laughs> it is terrible. And he plays more golf than any of us. He just hasn't got, Oh any- no. Yeah.
1: Are we talking just he can't shoot very far? Is he a bad putter? What's happening here?
3: Where it's going to go. It's either going through someone's window or uh-huh. in the other person's yard. You just, you never know.
1: That's wild. Um, with so many young guys um, that you talk to and that you're kind of like a, they call you grandpa Cade and stuff. But like, what it, what's the most common question you get from those guys? What do they want to know uh, from you?
3: I think I can just come to a track. I can kind of analyze it. Like mm-hmm. I said, tracks every weekend so the first thing we got to do is get there see uh see what kind of jumps we're gonna have to do um see uh what combinations and all all that sort and i think uh just breaking down a track i can i can break it down pretty quick and kind of know what to expect later in the night like mm. oh this not work early in the day but later in the day we're probably gonna have to jump from there to there and do this and um things like that right mm. i, I the kids how to go fast uh you know i can barely figure that out on my own i think it's just that like showing up knowing what knowing what your job is um how to be prepared how to stay calm it's easy to get there and kind of freak out um you know a lot of these kids you know they'll go to local races before their first supercross and you know it's just friends and family and then they go to their first supercross and you know, it's a sold out stadium and there's, you know, 40, 50,000 people there. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? It's mm. a really different atmosphere, but being able to show up and just focus on yourself and, and do your job is the most important part.
1: What are you thinking about in the middle of a race? Are you thinking about anything? Is it just wiped? Do you even like, do you just black out as you're, as you're racing and you're just so focused on the task at hand that you're not thinking about it? like what, what, where's your mind go?
3: it's it's funny you say that because normally yes i'm i'm like laser focused the only Mm. thing notice is like if the crowd erupts
2: Mm. pretty
3: loudly i might take a peek over like look for either yellow flags or Mm. flags like that that tell us that somebody went down or crashed um but other than that i'm usually pretty locked in it's funny you say that because yesterday i was watching footage of me riding with my wife Mm. what's funny i hit one of the big triples you know we go like you know, 30 feet in the air or something, mm-hmm. kind of paused it. And I was like, you know, it's funny when I jumped this today, I had a thought, I wonder how many people have never been this high off the ground. <laughs> mm-hmm. you now it's just, it's funny because it, I take it for granted because I do it, you know, 50 times a day. I'm 35 mm. down on a motorcycle, which is pretty cool. Do
1: you remember the first time you got super high as a kid? We were like, oh my God, this is, this is kind of wild.
3: Yeah, I I, I do remember I, there was a big jump. There's a track right by my house called mm-hmm. the Al- and they had this big jump called the Widowmaker, and I was probably twelve or thirteen years old. And there's a photo on my dad's fridge, mm. jumping it on like a little sixty-five. And I was like the only kid who jumped it, but I was just I was pumped, you know. You mm. were as the trees, and it was it was cool. I I remember jumping that for the first time like it was yesterday.
1: Did you always want to be a racer?
3: Um, no. I think at one point I thought it was going to be too much work, and I wasn't good enough. Mm. And then, uh, probably not until I was like 15 or 16, did I really get some sort of work ethic and mm-hmm. Hey, this is kind of fun. Like I might be able to do something with this and start training and get good enough that I, I could, you know, get sponsors and things like that to make it to the next step. Cause you know, without, you know, all these people on my shirt, you know, I'm, I'm not going racing. So it's uh, yeah, team effort, but you also have to put in the work just to get there.
1: Very cool. Um, who were you the biggest fan of growing up? Who was your guy?
3: You know, I I liked Ricky because he mm. had really gnarly work ethic. He you know if he had to run through a wall, he'd run through it. And then you know, Stu James Stewart, he uh, he just had raw talent. Mm. So incredibly fast and loose on the bike. So obviously those two, they're they're bitter rivals. But you know, getting to watch those two was just so much fun and. Their battles were just epic.
1: Well, I imagine you've obviously talked to Ricky since uh, since turning pro. So what was the biggest difference? Because like it's different when you grow up. Because most of us the fan, who were super fans of growing up, we never meet them. So we don't really know. You don't meet your uh, your guys when you get older. For you, what was the, the biggest thing that surprised you about him?
3: You know, obviously TV stuff now. Um, mm. The fact that he's basically taken his... Uh, work ethic from moto and like how hard he worked at that to how hard he works at the tv stuff now Mm. i i've been kind of working with media stuff for a little while now just Mm. learning that side of everything works and it's impressive like how much they have to put into it and the research they have to do and and ricky takes it serious and you know that's how he took his writing and that's Mm. how i want kids to think about me when they think about me, when they're trying to, you know, get better is, you know, he had a good work ethic and he just, you know, kept pushing through.
1: Who was the biggest veteran who helped you along the way when you first became a pro?
3: Oh, uh, probably Justin Brayton. Hmm. Uh, and at a place called Colum X for a long time. And he was, you know, obviously a factory rider that stayed there. And he was just like a, a mentor. Uh, he was kind of always there for questions and guidance and stuff like that. And now he's a friend, right? So I can mm. call him whenever I want. And You know, I'm at the level now where it's like, oh, I've got a few of those guys' numbers in my phone. Uh, if I need something, I can call and they can give me a piece of, you know, advice or just give me some wisdom that I may not have. Which, you know, like I said, I'm 28 and, you know, these kids think I know it all and that, mm. uh, help them. But there's plenty of stuff that I have clueless about that I still have to ask them, you know, for all the help.
1: What's the last, like recently, what, what did they do that made you feel old? Where you're like, I'm just, I don't know this generation where I'm a millennial. This is what, Gen X, Gen Z, I forget which one they are. Is it TikToks? What do they make? What do they do that you're just like, I, I don't know what to do here?
3: It's like their terminology. Mm. Like, they're like one word off, like bet. And he's <laughs> like, my mechanic said bet the other day. I was like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. You know,
1: Not a fan <laughs> of bet. You're not a bet guy. You don't like the one words. You don't like... So I guess cap is also out for you. Like, you don't like cap.
3: I ain't capping, no.
1: No, ca- <laughs> no cap.
3: <laughs> I get it. Like, I, I, I get the, the terminology. Um, I'm not about it.
1: Uh, are you on TikTok? Are you doing all that? Are you getting into any of that?
3: No, uh, I'm not a TikToker. Uh, uh, I'm an Instagram. I've got a subscriber page on Instagram and stuff like that. But I, I stick to single platform usage.
1: Hmm. Okay. Do you, do you check your mentions? Do you check to see what people are saying about Kate on Twitter or anything?
3: Uh, Twitter, yeah. I, mm. I like to create chaos on Twitter. My Twitter is funny. Uh-huh. Uh, like, just throwing hot takes out there that are just nonsense. That's mm-hmm. basically Twitter. Um, But, yeah, I, I like to interact with fans and stuff. Like, I, I yeah. always DMs and things like that and kind of interact with them. Unless I, unless I created some sort of chaos where, <laughs> like, just coming at me hot in the DMs, then no, I'm out.
1: Give me one of your hot takes that you've thrown out on Twitter, because I'm imagining, based on your personality, what I know about you now, Kate. I think you know going in. You're like, let me just, let me just cause some chaos real quick.
3: Oh man, I can't even think of them offhand. I made a, a tweet about James Stewart one time that was
2: mm.
3: 100% a joke, and people took it way too serious, mm. and still get heat for it. It's it's hilarious. It's uh, yeah, I'm not gonna say it again because I don't want I don't want that more heat. But yeah, he's a writer, and that's mm. uh, that's all I need to know. <laughs>
1: I, I don't blame you for not going back down that road. Um, what's been the biggest adjustment you had to make uh, as a racer in the last year? What, a, like, we know the last couple of years, but what in the last year, maybe even just going to this year, what has been a conscious decision that you've had to adjust this season?
3: Uh, so I'm back with a team that I rode for in the past. Mm. And I'm trying to take on more of a role of not just like a racer and stuff like that, but also trying to help the other guys. Mm. I'm not always the greatest at it, because you know I'm, I'm obviously a racer and it's a one-man sport, but i uh, you know obviously trying to help them. It's just been a, something a little bit different for me.
2: Mm.
3: It's nice now that, uh, so we train at a place called uh, South of the Border in mm. Carolina, so the whole team works out of there, and my wife works out of Fort Bragg, so it's, it's super nice. I'm able to live from home and just commute to the track every day, which is awesome for me. I've got a full-time mechanic. Mm. Uh, this year for the first time and it's just it's allowed me to focus a lot on my riding and i think that has been the biggest part you know being able to just be full-time focused on my riding not having to work on my own motorcycle some days and it's it's been a good team effort so i think that's probably the biggest two changes for me
1: do you ever go ride for fun or is it like when you're off the track and you're not working you're like i'm not doing anything race related
3: yeah, no, I, it's weird. I will during the summer and sometimes mm-hmm. I'm not. But like my wife always wants to go trail riding. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, like I just rode, you know, three hours today, just pounding. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go ride the trails because that's what she likes to do. She likes to go for fun, just ride. Mm-hmm. Trails. Sometimes it's like because it's a job, right? Right. So it's sometimes it can, it can be wear and tear. I, I you know, sometimes I want to just go ride my mountain bike or. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things that I do to kind of get away and have fun um, where she uses riding moto as that, that thing to have, fun. do you let her win? No,
1: no, no. Is she, she beat you?
3: Maybe the person I'm most competitive with. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause she's good. Yeah. And like when we go shoot our bows or we go mountain biking, like mm. yeah, it's ruthless. We're, we're competitive to no end.
1: Does she hunt with you? Oh Yeah. Okay, what are we talking? Turkey? Are we talking? What What are we? Get?
3: Ohio. So yeah. we're, I'm a deer hunter at heart. She's from mm-hmm. Michigan. There's more deer up there than people know what to do with. So that's 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 where we're at there. Uh, oh. She's first turkey hunt next year. So uh, I'm trying to you know groom her into that.
1: Okay, what's been your favorite hunt? Uh, deer hunting story or deer hunting spot? Where Where have you enjoyed that the most?
3: I took her on her first her first bow hunt this last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know just. Just to be there for her, she missed. Mm. um, But just to be there for the whole experience, like I remember when I was a kid, my grandpa told me the first time I got a deer, the whole tree was shaking. I was so nervous. Mm -hmm. It was funny because it was similar to that. Like it happened, and uh, you know, uh, but it was fun. I I love doing that stuff and getting to experience it. Do you fish at all? I used to, but not so much anymore. I uh, I just don't. Yeah, I don't have a ton of time and I don't live anywhere with water anymore. Mm-hmm. I used to po- like pond fish for bass all the time, but yeah, not so much anymore.
1: Are you can be a lake guy. Like when you retire, are you going to, does Kade disappear on the lake? Does he disappear in the mountains, the oh, beach? The mountains. Mountains. Oh, yeah, I'm a mountain. Same here. East Tennessee, man. There's the mountains are all over.
3: Oh, love, you're in Knoxville, right? I, yeah. I, I dated a girl there when I was in high school and I spent uh-huh. some, It is so awesome.
1: Are you a vol fan? Oh, what? Are you a Tennessee vol fan? No, no. Sorry. Mm. It's a good time to be a Tennessee vol fan, man. It's everything's coming up Tennessee these days.
3: Mm, no, not
1: today. Our baseball team literally has on the hunt with the deer antlers. Like we're on the hunt. Like we're literally speaking to you right now, Cade, to join vol nation because we're like, hey, we're. I mean, we're hunting. We're bow hunting right now. Not me. No. Uh, what other sports did you play in high school?
3: Uh, I played basketball a little bit. I was homeschooled mm. from my sophomore year uh, through the end of high school. So,
1: Is that because of racing?
3: Yeah. So mm. I moved to Georgia when I was 16
1: to so mm.
3: train full-time. Yeah. Uh, what so part yeah, of Georgia? I lived in Albany. Okay. So uh, like three hours south of Atlanta.
1: Yeah, I'm from Stowe Mountain originally.
3: Yeah, mm. and So there's a couple places down there um where guys train full-time mm.
2: and
3: yeah you know I wanted to take it more serious and it was time to do that but um yeah like I said I played basketball a little bit uh, I was never very good
1: mm. <laughs> do you still play at all are you like I always imagine too like when you're a professional and you, you're you you need to be healthy for it it's like everyone around you is like no you're not you're not going to play that you're not blowing out your knee playing pickup basketball at the local Y you're not doing that
3: I, I already have a blown out knee. So I've raced with a torn ACL since twenty fifteen. Uh-huh. And uh I, I can feel it shift around when I do like quick side to side movements. Uh-huh. Met some Tampa Bay Bucks players
2: uh-huh.
3: when we were in Tampa and we were talking about that stuff. And I was like, Yeah, man, I've raced with no ACL since you know twenty fifteen and like the look on their face, <laughs> pure shock. I'm like, Yeah, like in our sport, like we have big knee braces on and like we tear them and we just kind of deal with it. And they're like, "No, no, that's not how it works in our world.
1: <laughs> that's awesome though. Um, what's been your favorite thing about switching uh, to Kawasaki this year?
3: Um, the group of people, mm. um, all the motorcycles are really good. Uh, it's hard to say one's night and day better than the other one mm. But uh, you know, I, I enjoy the group of people that I get to be around with this team. Um, they all work hard. They all wanna they want be successful so uh just being able to work with all of them and uh try to progress and like i said try to get better has been a lot of fun i do like the motorcycle a lot mm. um, fun because you know in the last year i rode last year i rode a honda for part mm. of the year, a yamaha and now i'm on a cowie so i'm pretty d- diversified mm. uh, you know i know what motorcycles kind of do what and what to look for and trying to make one do one thing better to be more like the other one or something like that. So it's uh, it's something that I've experienced that I think I've uh, got a good taste of like what they all do.
1: If I were to pull like the rest of the racers right now, if I asked Eli, if I asked Jed, uh, like I went around the went around the, the group and I was like, hey, one thing about Cade. What's the most when I say Cade class and what's the first thing that comes to mind? What do you think is the most common answer they give me?
3: Oh, just carefree. Probably mm. kind of loose and goes with the flow.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, yeah, probably something like that. I don't know. I'd love for people to say that my work ethic is up there, but yeah, uh, I, yeah, something like that.
1: So you're the good vibe guy. Like you're you, you're the good vibe guy. You, you, you're a linchpin here because you keep everything. It's like, look, it's a long season. Like we're all having fun. Like you're, you're, you need that. You need the positive energy. You seem like a positive energy kind of guy.
3: Yeah. I'm only grumpy on race day when my qualifying times aren't very good. And, okay. You know, sitting 25th and I should be sitting like, you know, 15th, mm. that's when Grumpy Cade comes out, mm. but, you know, it's just, uh, it's whatever.
1: Are you a coffee guy? Like, how do you get out? Like, what's your morning routine like for race day?
3: It's, it, if so, I did some overseas races this mm. year and uh, I got a bit of a coffee addiction and became a little bit of a coffee snob, so mm. limited to a cup a day now, like whenever I'm uh, making coffee or something like that, either my wife or I make it in the morning, and that's that's all I'm, that's all I'm allotted for the day.
1: <laughs> oh, so you get jittery? You were going way above. You were going a lot more, and you're like, I got to scale back a little bit here.
3: I was. I turned into like a three cupper. Uh uh-huh. Both like strong coffee. Uh uh-huh. It was. It was getting out of hand, and coffee's expensive.
1: Yeah. Do you just do it black, or are you putting stuff in it too?
3: Oh, honey. Um, I'm either honey and butter or honey and cream one of the two, but man, I love honey in my coffee.
1: Hold on. Butter? How are you doing butter here? Explain this to me, Kate. What are you doing with butter? How is butter factoring into coffee? What?
3: Never put butter in your coffee?
1: Never. I do it black, but I've, I've never heard butter. I'm interested in this. Hold on. How are you doing the butter? Like, are you talking about like you're just scraping some butter and mixing it in there? What's happening?
3: Yeah. Just cut a chunk off, put it in there, stir it up. It's it's a good time.
1: Butter in your coffee. This yep. is a this is a revelation, Cade.
3: I got to try and keep some fat on. So I just I just throw, you know, course. I hear
1: that, man. I've been 5'11", 135 for 13 years. So I've 80
3: 180 to 185 pounds since I was 15.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you get the, the tall and lanky, man. It's, it's a hard. It's not the common thing. Most people, it's the other way. It's hard to keep pounds off. It's almost impossible. Uh, got, impossible for me to put pounds on
3: I've got a gym in my house and it's like I got all these weights but I never get any stronger I don't know.
2: <laughs>
1: I like it uh we'll end here so how do you break in to the top 20 uh you finished just outside last year I believe 21 and get to the playoffs like what uh how do you break into that that group this year Cade?
3: the playoffs is interesting right mm. it, the whole new thing with the two series coming together mm. uh, it's going to be tough right uh I'm sitting 22nd right now. Um, yeah, you know, space for me to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. But it uh it's going to require a lot of effort for sure. Mm. And that's kind of what we've been working for and trying to focus more on not just getting in the main events and then doing the best we can, but like planning to be there and then, you know, shooting for that 10 to 15 range and that's kind of my goal is that 10 to 15 range and mm. if I can if I can start finishing you know just a few spots ahead of where i am now and and get in that range i'll be in the playoffs, no problem and those playoffs are important man it's, there's a lot of money on the line it's 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 important to be there especially the first year that they do it mm-hmm. be a part of it and uh, i think i'm plenty capable of it uh i just got to start executing my mains a little bit more um you know hitting the fade button just a little bit later in the mains mm-hmm. and, then, and maintaining sometimes i hit the maintain button a little too early i love that
1: well, Cade, this has been fantastic. I uh, I greatly appreciate you making the time. Um, uh, I wish you nothing but the best this season. Uh, like you, you have a lot to build off of, man, and you're gonna you're gonna be just fine. Uh, we're gonna see you in the playoffs, uh, this fall. It's gonna be great. Uh, like it. I wish you nothing but the best, and I think good things are coming your way, sir. Um, so go watch Cade. And everybody over in Supercross live this weekend in Arlington, Dallas. It's going to be another fun race, gnarly race, as Cade might uh, describe it.
3: And uh, we'll have to reconnect again soon. Yeah, man. Whenever you're ready, just let me know. I'll be back. Awesome. Thanks, Cade. Yes, sir. Have a good day.
1: This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker, or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves!
2: Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, that you're interviewing. Mm-hmm. You're, um,